G'day mate, Forty here. So upon reflection, upon watching all of Kanye's performance on Alex Jones, I wanted to do like a Richard Spencer hot new take and say I was wrong about Kanye. He is more compelling than the clips and the media portrayals reveal, right? He makes little more sense, right? I'm not saying a lot more sense, little more sense than you know, mainstream media portrayals give you. He's, you know, he's asking, why can't we talk about these things? Why can't we recognize the humanity of everyone, including you know, Nazis and, and communists and Hitler and Stalin and Mao? And I think he's got an exaggerated sense of uh, Zionist influence and Jewish influence. And, you know, I don't think he's a king of rational discourse. I don't think he's a king of, you know, evidence-based argumentation. But there's something, something childlike and almost touching about some of it. Right? And at the same time, I have no problem with people saying, oh, it's poisonous and it's uh, deteriorating public discourse. So... I'm all over the map, as you can tell, as usual. Like, I was just thinking, like, I'm in La Perouse, and a lot of Muslims here in full regalia, and I'm here with my fringes out, you know, my yarmulke on, and there's absolutely no negative vibe between us. Right, so, thinking there are a lot of advantages having a society where it's incentivized not to stress differences, but to stress, you know, what you have in common, you're, you know, you're all Aussies, or you're all at least in Australia, and to kind of mute, you know, religious, racial, ethnic differences, and so discourage religious, racial, ethnic nationalisms, you know, in the interest of civic nationalism, and that's not to deny exclusive religious truth claims, but... How do you carry them? You carry them in a heavy way, in a way that puts people off, or do you maybe not emphasize them? And just because you're a civic nationalist, look, we're all Australians, yeah, we're all patriotic Australians here, doesn't mean that you don't have religious, ideological, and other forms of uh, nationalism going on. Maybe you just don't talk about them publicly, right? So there's something to be said for the power that comes from civic nationalist identity. And it's never exclusive, right? Still got your exclusive... All right, these are all military installations. So you still got your, your racial, religious, ethnic, and ideological understandings of, of nationalism. But when those expressions are frowned upon, then you don't express them publicly. You know, I was walking with this uh, Israeli Orthodox Jew in Los Angeles, and he was like yelling out, death to the Arabs. <laughs> it's like, I, I understand your sentiment. I just don't think that's a good idea to yell out loud in front of Jews or non-Jews. Just maybe play it cool. Right, you don't have to you know, wear your hatred for Arabs on your sleeve. Also, 
I don't think with that intensity of outrage, you know, or hatred, you know, really serves you at this time and place, right? If you're about to go into battle, right, then that level of intensity serves you. But normally, you know, it doesn't serve you to have antipathy for our groups at more than about a three out of ten. Now, Fred Luskin, Stanford psychologist, wrote the book on forgiveness called Forgive for Good. But he doesn't work with intractable enmities between groups where there's no political solution. So he works with people in Northern Ireland, right, Protestants and Catholics. Right, but that's only after there's been a political solution found. So he doesn't work with Middle Eastern Muslims and Jews because he doesn't like to feel bad as there's no political solution for the enmity right now. He just doesn't think that his work can be effective. So that's powerful. If you've got a festering you know, open conflict for which there is no political solution, then forgiveness is not necessarily going to be viable. And this is Fred Luskin, right? The author of Forgive for Good. Right? So if you're living in an area that is riven by you know, racial, religious, ethnic, or ideological conflict, and there's no political solution, right? So you know, some Americans right now are living in a situation where they feel like there's no political solution for the enmity between their side and the other side. And forgiveness may not be effective in these situations. This is Fred Luskin talking. This isn't Forty talking. This isn't Richard Spencer talking. This isn't Kanye West talking or Alex Jones. This is Fred Luskin, Stanford psychologist, forgive for good dude, without political solution, uh, you're not going to make much progress on forgiveness, like where the, war, where the wounds are raw, right? where the conflict remains existential, as intellectuals would like to say, but where conflict remains you know, life and death in your feeling, then... And forgiveness is a lot more difficult, so much so that uh, Fred Luskin and Stanford don't even want to attempt it. And it's that difficult. So, yeah, generally speaking, having a forgiving attitude serves you. And Fred Luskin used the Amy, unbelievable example, I think, of Amy Bull, an American university student who came to South Africa to do good and... Her killers saw her as a representative of apartheid and, and murdered her. Then her parents, like, to deal with their grief, set up a foundation in her name that uh, employed her killers and worked with her killers. And that's kind of unbelievable from, from my perspective, but if that helped them deal with their pain, so if forgiveness is good for you selfishly, then you know, who am I to argue against employing your daughter's killers, right? So if you've been through unbelievable amounts of pain and you get to lead a better life because you've learned to forgive the other side, then, then you know, I have no argument against you, right? Whatever gets you through the night. But where the conflicts have no political solution, then uh, 
forgiveness is a lot more difficult. Now, some people may adopt an attitude of release. So Fred Luskin's thinking forgiveness means that you accept that you can't undo the past. Right? You can't make the past better. You can't fix the past. So if you just recognize that limitation that you can't fix the past, then uh, forgiveness is really just release and letting go. There's, there's nothing you can do about spilt milk. And he says that we will be more effective at life, we will be happier, we will see things more clearly, we will be more at ease with ourselves and with other people if we adopt an attitude of gratitude and love. Alright, so think about someone who's been kind to you, think about someone who's been loving to you, and come from that place, right? rather than you know, the, the place of uh, hatred and anger and resentment, and maybe come from the place of, of gratitude for having had that experience of, of being loved and treasured and nurtured and had you know, beautiful things done for you, that you'll be more effective, that you'll be calmer, that you'll be healthier, that you'll be happier. So I I deal with a lot of uh, political, religious, cultural conflict on my show. And so when when people's wounds are raw, uh, you're not going to make much progress. But uh, there's just over there little ways that Captain Cook first set foot on Australia. So just across the bay there, a few miles away, maybe two miles away, that's where Captain Cook landed. These used to be military installations here, keeping Australia safe. But I I like Luskin's insights. I think they're profound. Think of someone who loved you and Think of the gratitude that you feel for someone who's been kind to you. And then come from that place. Right? Rather than keeping a tally of people who you hate, 